1: This is the Fly Moto sixty Show, presented by Maxus Tires, Pro Taper, and Get
2: Dead. on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host Steve Mathis.
3: Welcome, everybody! Fly Racing Moto sixty Show, presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxxis Tires. We're live. 12 noon Pacific. Thank you for tuning in. Appreciate it. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. Round 12. Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series coming up this week in Indianapolis. It's supposed to be a heavy snowstorm there in Indy, which uh, will really suck. Pits aren't always the greatest as it is. And if there's tons of snow everywhere, it's not going to be much fun. But there are some pits downstairs. You can always check that out. Um, this is... A trip. This is a uh, shootout. A two hundred and fifty supercar shootout, east west. Very exciting. Lots to talk about. Man, um, we were talking about it on our Max Fantasy podcast, and it is uh, bonkers. Uh, there's going to be some dudes that are really mad uh, who didn't make the main event. So we'll talk about that and much more. We're gonna give away a set of Fly Racing Gator pegs. I want to make a joke about uh, the other guys right now. Yeah, the Gator. You know, but uh, I'll refrain from that. So, thank you uh, for everybody for listening. Uh, gator pegs, fly racing, uh, we're going to give those away. Please check out flyracing.com for all your moto needs, whether it's the gear that the Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and others wear, or uh, it's your hard parts like the gator pegs, or whether it's watercraft stuff, or snowmobile stuff, or mountain bike stuff. Flyracing.com has got you covered. Also, too, we want to thank the folks at Pro Taper. Jason Anderson, Zach Osborne running ProTaper on the Rockstar Energy Husky team, and they're both leading the points. That is not a coincidence, everybody. Also, two uh, ProTaper Drive Components uh, are on the Geico team. They're on the JGR team as well. Control Drive Components, uh, ProTaper.com. You know the name. They've been around forever. Great company, great guys, and uh, we urge you to check out ProTaper.com. Also, to Get. Justin Barsha will be back in Seattle for Yamaha, and he will be using Get products. Cooper Webb. May or may not be racing this weekend. Uh, He had a get-off last weekend, and he uses Get as well. It's factory parts for your production machine, bro. The little orange box on the front fender uh, helps you grab the start, helps you destroy the whole shot. As well, two-stroke CDIs are available from the folks at Get. So they'll uh, they'll make your bike awaken. Fantastic company. Lots of GP riders use them too, by the way. Uh, and Max's Tires, we had the king, Jeremy McGrath, on the show last week. He talked about his development of the MXST tire that is coming out soon. You know that Maxxis delivers the best tires for your bike, but did you know that Maxxis also offers high-quality tires for your car, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike? Much, much more. Max's Tires will let you hook up, pull the whole shot, and beat the competition in any terrain or conditions. Just ask MC. Um, again, 702-586-757. I'm Steve Mathis, JT, and Parabinos will be on the show. I have a massive head cold today, by the way, in case you can't tell. Uh, producing the show, holding things down over there, taking the phone calls. the Tits Legendary. Tits, what's up? Hey,
0: Steve. Kind of late today, bro. Just cutting it close. Mm-hmm. But cutting it close is not late. Uh-huh. Technically, I started the intro on time. All is well. How'd you do with Fantasy. Uh two forty eight, which That's terrible. Uh, apparently it's terrible. It's terrible. Uh, I have Bradley Taft oh. to thank for that. Yeah, Taft. Not other so than that, all my other guys I got some of the good ones. Luke Rensland did well. I yeah. got Ramette guy, everything. Yeah, Ramette was the big one for a lot of yeah. guys. He fifty two percent pick trend for him. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Bradley, yeah, for absolutely. my subpar results.
3: Yeah, big scores this weekend at a and Mix Fantasy. Uh, please check it out if you want to play weekly prizes uh, all the time, and uh, we're having a good time doing that. Although, cursing a lot of riders also. Uh, Jason Thomas, Paul Parabino is coming up here. Let's go to the phone lines right now. John, what's up, man? How are you?
4: Good, how about you? I'm great, hey, man. Hey, question for you. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, we all talked about how stacked the 250 West class was. How likely is an all-250 West podium this weekend? Um,
3: I don't know, because Osborne and Forkner are pretty good, right? Um, but if something happens to those two guys, then for sure. Uh, when you when, Think about the 250 West the last time we saw it. Uh, Plessinger had, had problems in San Diego. Uh, Savachi, McElrath, AC. I think AC's got I- the most speed out of anybody, like raw speed. I think he's the fastest guy in the... Uh, But it's hard for me, John, to see Zach Osborne off the podium this weekend. It really is. He's just so consistent, right? Um, He's in shape, everything else. Forkner is certainly as fast as Zach, makes a few more mistakes. I don't think it's likely, but for sure we will not see a 250 East podium. There's no chance of that. Uh, An all all 250 East podium. There's no chance of that. So the West guys will be right up in there. But, John, I also think that having the the West Coast guys, they've been off for uh, a while. I think that gives an edge to the East guys a little bit, a little bit of an edge because they've been racing every week, um, but not a lot, but not enough to to make a two fifty East podium. No, there's zero chance of that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool, cool, man. Thanks, Thank man. you, appreciate it. Osborne is just is just solid. He's he's he's, you know, JT talked about his starts a little bit, and, and yeah, I'll give you that. But uh, I, I think Osborne ends up on the podium this weekend. I, I, I don't see how he can't. He's just. He's great. He's also two 2-3 motocross champion, which he beat all the West Coast guys last year. Don't forget about that. Uh, let's go to phone lines here. Mike, what's up, man? How are you?
4: Hey, pretty good. How are you? Good. What's going on? Hey, so I've been catching some of your pages or whatever. I listened on Monday night, and uh, Will Hahn was on, and he asked for some good ones to listen to, and he said Jeff Emig. or yep. maybe he said Emig was a good one. Yep. How big do your balls have to be to kick Mike Larocco in the ribs, dude? Right? Yeah, just Holy hold. shit, when I heard that, i was like, are you kidding me? Dude,
3: <laughs> you lived? It's uh it's on YouTube. You can see it. I don't know exactly, it's Pontiac. I don't know what year, I forget, but maybe you can Google it a little bit or work the it, that that move is on YouTube. You can see Fro take a huge field goal kick right at Larocco.
4: That is insane. And then uh Darren Durham that uh, kicked Colciel in the
3: nuts. Dude. Are you yeah, yeah. No, no, man. Uh, there's we'll some you, man. there's some real gold in there. The Steve Mathis classics. So you got to go back and get them. Uh, grab them all. Oh yeah. Uh, there's some For real, sure real good ones. Them. Bradshaw and Rick Johnson is great, and 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 two parter is great. And man, I love some of those stories back then. They're they're fantastic. So.
4: Yeah, it's awesome. It's definitely uh, definitely worth listening to. So. All right, cool, well, man. Thanks, man. Thank Everything you. you're doing is awesome. So awesome, thank
3: you. I appreciate the uh, the nice words, Ratcliffe. What's up, man? How are you? Hey there, uh, dude. Hold on. You, your see. name is your name is Ratcliffe. Like growing up, that's your name. That's my last name. That's oh, mine, okay, Ratcliffe. last name. All right, got it. Okay, because I was just saying. I
4: figure as opposed to like some. Yeah.
3: No, that's fine. Um, I just if your first name was Ratcliffe, I'm like, how did you get through like middle school with that? That's all. So, um, all right, what's up, buddy?
4: Yeah. All right, quick theory on Tomac. Yeah. Um, he's a sand rider. He loves loose traction dirt, and that's what he rides on. That's what he's always ridden on in Colorado. That's where his home track is. Uh huh. That's where he shines. So we're all thinking, what happened to him, whatever. He's not super awesome on hard pack, and when he goes all out on hard pack, obviously little things happen that don't happen to him in the sand.
3: Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right. He likes the looser stuff for sure, but. Dude, he dominated Hangtown, whatever, two years ago. That's not. Yeah, loose. I mean,
4: occasionally these things will happen if he gets the start or whatever. But we've seen he can go from last to almost first when he has the traction and it's sand. So, I mean, let's give him that. I mean,
3: yeah, no, I listen. I, every, I, think, I think I think everybody. I think Cole Seely's great on the hard pack, right? He's a Southern California oh, guy. Everybody has their preference.
4: Yeah, but it would be cool. great if maybe Tomek trained on the hard pack. It would suck, but. <laughs> Right. Interesting to see. It might suck for the rest of yeah, them, He uh, but it racing worse.
3: He's right? one of those guys that just loves Colorado, man. He stays in Colorado as long as he can, gets there as soon as he can, as soon as the weather gets nice, and he just loves his compound in Colorado. Which yeah. is oh. cool, but you're right. It also hurts you in some cases. So
4: not... might be time to build a hard pack track there in Cortez and, uh, Right. You know. Okay. Check it out. Thanks, All man. Right. Appreciate Thanks. it.
3: Thank you. Bye. Uh, Fly Race at Moto Sixty Show, presented by Get Pro Taper. And uh, Max's Tires, we're going to give away a set of Gator Pegs. I didn't know they made Gator Pegs. It's cool, though. Shootout this weekend, 250 East-West. It's very exciting. Uh, Cody, what's up, man? How are you?
1: I'm doing awesome, guys. How about you? We're
3: good, man. What's up?
1: So I got a question about the, uh, the 250 practices, because they have the overflow practice this week, which is for combo West-East riders. Now, to those pra- those riders in that practice, they can only qualify for their respective coasts.
3: Yes, yes, I believe so. The heats are all uh, your, your 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 coast, east west. So you'll be put into okay. into the mix if you can make it out of those those practices. They'll be you'll put into the mix for your appropriate coast.
1: So, how shitty is that going to be for some of those West Coast riders that don't quite make the top twenty West? but are faster than some of the top 20 in the East.
3: Yeah, that happens. Injuries have struck the East for sure. I mean, that would that does kind of suck for sure, but yeah. I mean, what are you going to do, right? It's just the luck of the draw, I guess.
1: Yeah, it, it, would there be anything like where they could do like some sort of almost like a last chance qualifier for, for practice? Like, hey, those guys in the overflow, the top two from the overflow, regardless of coast, get in
3: nice. I I doubt they're not going to do it. They're not going to add a race. They're not going to do that, but you know, not a bad idea. So, okay. Um thanks man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh yeah, east-west shootout this weekend. So, they're going to have uh one heat race will be all all west. Top 9 go. One heat race will be all east. Top 9 go to the main. Then they they combine the the east-west guys into an LCQ and the top 4 will go. So, the LCQ will have east-west guys battling it out for the last four spots to the main, but uh Man, it is a stacked field. Speaking of stacked, Jason Thomas, what's up, man? How are you? Not too much. Um, we're just listening to previous
5: caller. I think that it won't be as much of an issue because you got to remember, for all these West guys, I don't think you're going to get this mass exodus across the country to Indy for one round, and then they're going to drive all the way back home and then go to Seattle. So, for, for all of those iffy guys that. Yep. He's worried about not making, you know, not having enough room from the west because I don't think there's going to be a ton of those guys anyway.
3: Yeah, you look at the you look at the points, uh, Leonette and some, Julio uh, Julio Zambrano, um, Robbie Wageman. Those type of guys probably won't go all the way to Indy. Um, is that what you're going to get yeah. some. I yeah, just don't yeah.
5: think it's going to be a huge problem being that far over there and then no follow-up round on the east. Right. You know, right. for them, yep. I just don't. I don't see it happening.
3: No, yeah. Um, let's start with that shootout first up. Uh, Jason Thomas from FlyRacing.com. dot com, dude. We th- we did a little bit of this in the fantasy show, but this is this is crazy. This is stacked, man. Uh, there's gonna be some dudes missing the main that are pretty good riders.
5: Yeah, it's always uh, it's always fun to shoot out. I remember, you know, when I was racing, I raced some of the right when I started. Uh, there was a Houston one I can remember uh, that was really difficult. Uh, but I made it in, and then, um, you know, the the Vegas one was every year, and I raced several of those in the 125 class as well. And it's tough, you know, basically to get in. You know, you don't want to be in the LCQ, so to get in, you ne- you need to be a top-nine coastal rider, and that's that's not easy. You know, it's that's a pretty tall task for a lot of people. So for a lot of these fringe guys that are just hoping yeah. to make main events in their respective coasts, Yep. Throwing the shootout, and you have a really, really, you know, tough, uh, tough deal on the weekend. But you know, as we were talking about in our fantasy podcast, you're going to get some guy that you would have never expected in there. It just seems to always
3: work oh, yeah. out that way. No, I agree. There'll be, uh, I, I said Josh Osby on the on the East because he's a good starter. He's got good speed. That's a guy that I could see bumping somebody out cuz he can he can ride he can get in the top 9 in your heat. Uh on the West Coast, Paul Perbinas was saying Jean uh, Carlos Ramos who's been riding very well. You'll mm-hmm. see that for sure. If you look at the top 9 right now in the West and have the points pulled up. Okay, Craig's not going to be there. He's riding 450s for these now, but basically uh Hayden Melrose, Phil Nicoletti, Starling, Cole Martinez all outside the top 9 in the heat race. Theoretically, you know, going to the LCQ.
5: Yeah, and 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 I would venture a guess that I don't think we'll see that, you know, weird result come in the heat because the race is a little bit too long. And the you know, when the the longer the race, the variance comes down. I think it'll be the LCQ where you have a you know three minute plus one lap race. That's where a guy, if he gets a good start, there's just not enough time to really let anybody catch up. So. Uh, the heat race only having nine spots. I I think it'll be pretty tough for those the the outlier guy to get in. But LCQ man, it's anything goes because it's only gonna be four laps, and those guys can those guys can make it happen for four laps somehow.
3: We had a caller earlier ask about what are the odds we get an all west podium, and I said I don't think so because Zach is is so solid and so consistent. I could see Zach on the podium, but I'll give it zero percent chance we see an all 250 East podium you agree?
5: Yeah, I don't think either way. Um, you know, between Forkner and Zach and Jordan. I mean, those guys are all riding really well right now and to for me, um, I could pick any of those three to win the whole race if if they got the start. Uh, and then on the West, I think the same thing. You know, Cincerello, he I've been watching his, his social media and stuff. He's been motoring down, getting ready for this thing. And, you know, he was our last shootout winner in Vegas last year. Uh, and then Plessinger having the number one plate coming into a race he's won and, and always done well at, which is Indianapolis. Uh, so there's a lot of different storylines coming into this race. Uh, not the least of which is kind of the rematch between Savachi and Osborne. On top of it,
3: I've kind of forgot about the West guys um, just because it's been so long. But when we last left, Plessinger had, had a, a crappy San Diego, and uh, hey, he's only four up on Savachi. That's uh, yeah, that's a good it's race. Tight. Yep.
5: Yeah, it's tight. And, and Justin Hills made his way back into the fray a little bit. You know, he won, he won the last round. Um, we'll see how he does with his broken toes, um, but I think if you you know you go through the points in each class, there's a lot there's a lot of different things to talk about with each guy, and you could throw a, a myriad of results at me from Saturday night, and I would be like, yeah, I could see that, yeah. you know, and then you just yeah. flip flop it, and I could be like, yeah, I could see that. So I uh, I think that's when racing is the best when you have no idea what's going to happen.
3: I think the fastest guy is AC. Like I don't know if he's going to win, but you just give me like balls out speed out of all these guys. Mm-hmm. I like AC, but well.
5: And I think you're right. If you go back, and I've done this, you go back and you look at the fastest qualifier from not only Supercross but also outdoors, and more times than not, it's Cincerillo. And I just think he has that innate ability to, to sprint. And it bites him a lot. He crashes a yeah. lot. He makes a yeah. mistake a lot. And I think that's partially from trying too hard. Um, but as far as sprint speed, you know, like Stu was, <laughs> Stu was the guy that if, you know, a gun to my head I had to ride the fast lap of my life, I'm picking him. It would probably be the same thing for Cinterello in the 250 class.
3: Hey, so um, I brought this up, too, with the caller uh, earlier. Forgive me, my head cold. I'm not exactly um, feeling great. But um, So you've been there as a racer. Do you feel the time off for these West Coast guys is a bit of a disadvantage?
5: I think it's a double-edged sword. Uh, you know, f- for the guys that are a little beat up um, in the in the East, you know, it's not great. Like, Dablos is having to sit out. You know, some of these guys have just been crashing and uh, they're probably sore and, and not getting to ride a ton during the week. They're just trying to you know, keep on keeping on right now. Um, But they do have momentum. So for a guy like Osborne, he has a ton of momentum coming in, which is going to help him. Um, But the same thing goes for the West Coast guys, is they actually had a chance to take a breather and kind of reset a little bit after their stretch on the West Coast. So uh, I can kind of see both sides. I don't think you can just blanket statement whether it's good or bad. Uh I think it's really unique because for Zach, I think it'll be great. Um, but for you know a guy like Justin Hill who was really ramping up there and seemed like he had everything going his way, now he's taking a few weeks off and he's got broken toes to deal with. So it obviously was a step back for him.
3: So you don't think you think that guys like Savage and Plessinger can jump in no problem right away? Not. Oh yeah, yeah. The...
5: I, I don't think. Right. Yeah, I, I fully expect Cinturro to come out and set the best lap time and and be right at the front with. You know, zero steps loss. I fully expect that.
3: Well, I predict some chaos. Four points for AP over Savachi, like we said, eight points for Osborne over Faulkner in this title chase. I predict, I predict some craziness.
5: Yeah, that's a big loss. Well, for yeah. one, that's the nature of the 250 class, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, you, you talk about Osborne and just just Osborne versus Monster Pro Circuit Cowie. Those, there is no love loss there. And you've got a ton of guys on the on the Monster Pro Circuit Cowie team that are capable of winning, and also capable of getting in the mix with Zacco. Um So yeah, I, I mean, when you throw all those guys in the mix, that all have axes to grind, and they're all kind of looking at each other sideways to start with. I think it just you know goes to common sense that we're going to see something go down.
3: Give me a sleeper. Give us a sleeper guy who who could end up on the podium. You know, don't uh, Savace, AC Osborne, Forkner, Smith. Uh, we talked all the. I'm going to go J Mart. I'm going to go J Mart. J Mart.
5: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. J Mart's coming off a two two um, you know back to back runner up finishes. Uh, and and
3: he won the last Atlanta Triple Crown race.
5: Right. Yep. Right. On top of that, yeah. So he's got definitely has momentum. I don't think he feels a ton of pressure because he you know the beginning of the season was was tough. Yep. Um, this is a you know the kind of dirt he seems to ride well on. You know being indie. Um, so yeah, I, the way he's been getting starts and, and the momentum he has, which he—let's he, be honest—he really hasn't ever had a ton of confidence in Supercross. It seems um, I think he could come in and and maybe not win, but land on the podium when many people don't expect him to.
3: I like Sexton. I like Sexton. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
5: Paul yeah. Perbino, same thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't blame you there either. He's he's really been under the radar. But you want to talk about someone who's riding well and going very very fast. Even though he's not getting the headlines, man, Sexton has really stepped his game up this year.
3: Absolutely. Let's get some phone calls here. First up, uh, Mike. Mike, what's happening? How are you? Hey, good. How are you, Steve? Good. What's your question?
1: Uh, Jimmy D, with him getting hurt, does that give Phil a chance to step in for outdoors, perhaps?
3: Um, I saw Jimmy D's social media today said he's going to be off, what, 10 weeks? 10 weeks of rest for his for his back? So that puts us uh, puts us well into the outdoors, I think, right? Because there's, yeah. there's there's six. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, good question. I don't know. Phil was. We were talking to Phil the other day on a text message, and he was complaining again about how he'll be working um, as a flagman all summer, but. Um, so he's super, super, you know, super optimistic as usual. Phil is, but you've got to think that there's going to be an, in, an injury and. Maybe Jimmy D's exactly it, Mike. Uh, you know, I, I, I see Phil riding outdoors for somebody. I really do.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I, I uh, grew up in uh, from the Philly area. He used to come down here a lot and do a lot of racing. So yeah, i know. race a bunch and love to see him get you, back out there. Yeah,
3: he's he's too good. He'll end up with some team, some ride outdoors. I really believe that. It may not be a great money deal, and that's another thing why he's so frustrated. But, I don't know, JT, don't you think Phil will end up somebody somewhere outdoors?
5: Yeah, I think so. He's he's too talented. You know, I, to me it was puzzling why they, <laughs> what the plan was to begin with, and maybe they had some logical reason behind it. But yeah. I, I mean, we've always laughed about that. Phil's been an outdoor guy since day one, so for him to be on a super guys only contract is one of the strangest configurations I've ever seen for a team. But yeah. um, I'm I'm sure there's some logic yeah. there somewhere. I just don't know about it.
3: Thanks, Mike. No problem, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next up is Nick. Nick, you want to talk about IB Corp team?
6: Um, yeah, not just the IB Corp team, but kind of that level of team that, um, you know, has not gotten anywhere near the top ten. Do do they make the haul to to this race, knowing that top ten is all that's going to make the main event for for this, you know, shootout setup?
3: Oh, yeah, they're going. Uh, not only are they going, they got a new rider. Uh, Blake Wharton will oh. be there. Um, so I think Michael Leib and Blake Wharton will be uh, riding for them. Um, I think everybody do else is hurt. they make main? Uh, what do you think, JT? Michael Lieb and Blake Wharton, are they making mains?
5: It's going to be tough. you know. Uh, Lieb was having a tough time making the West Coast mains. He was right on the cusp there. And, and I feel like he was a main event guy. But <clears throat> there again, the difference between being a main event guy in the West and then being in that elusive top 11 at a shootout, that's a different story. So um, I don't know what to make of Wharton. He hasn't raced in four years or whatever you know the number is. I have no idea how he's going to be look like you know is it is it is it going to look like he hasn't raced in four years or is he going to jump right back in with with the speed that he used to have i i couldn't tell you so practice will probably answer a lot of those questions um i would say is going to be tough wharton i have no clue (laughs) no clue (laughs) no i i I haven't seen him ride at all you know maybe i've seen a a video or something on racer x but as far as like competitive riding against other elite guys i haven't seen that at all
3: uh philip what's going on what's your question man
1: Phillip. Philip. Oh, hey, hey, yeah, sorry. What up? Yeah. Um so I was wondering, uh I know the indoor tra tracks indoor and all, but they're calling eight to twelve inches of snow I on Saturday that. in Indy. I, I saw that. Yeah. So yeah. I was wondering I I know like factory guys they get all their rigs and everything. Uh do you think that's gonna affect them? You know, like you know, just everyday stuff getting to and from the track and then especially like the privateer guys. I was wondering about them. I mean they're gonna be stuck out <laughs> braving the snow and no, I mean uh, they're not gonna have their big rigs and stuff as much. No so but, I, I'm yeah. sure if the, what your thoughts? the yeah.
3: privateers fill up in Indy, can park underneath they can pit underneath uh, by the by the uh where the guys load the gate so there's a full big area for privateer pits down, downstairs so they'll all be oh, nice. they'll be yeah. all be in there the sem- the factory guys will be in their semi trucks uh, wheeling in and out of their truck um, uh, Gotcha. Uh, 2000 yeah, 2003 Pontiac I remember we pitted out of the truck so we had to shovel snow to get out of our door uh, at the after the, at the Yamaha <laughs> oh, rig. it was God. crazy. But uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure Philip, there'll be a lot of grouchy riders. None of these guys like cold. and snow. Oh
1: yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I just want to. I just want to see Adam Etchek So I just want to meet the Seven uh, dudes. So oh, like, y- you will like. You Did you see, see his truck? Uh, I'm, you, a, I'm hoping to see him. He's he, his truck that they got. He, yeah, he
3: pits with the Hep Suzuki guys, so he'll be downstairs. Um, so gotcha. Go down there. He will give you a hug. We met a fan the other day who said that he gave him his phone number. So,
1: dude, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. I can't, I can't wait to meet him. So. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
3: How about that, JT? And seven Deuce Deuce gave a guy his phone number.
5: Was it the real one? Was it like was it like Seven Deuce Deuce five five five?
3: No, you know, yeah, I think it was his, I think it was his real number. That's how he. That's how he rolls. Yeah, that sounds. That sounds about like him. Uh, Joe, what's up? How are you? Good. How about you? What's going on?
7: Hey, I was uh, calling you guys. The other day you guys were talking about calling the Triple Crown's main events and how it can't be called that. Right. And I I was thinking, why in the world don't they call them motos? And then you made your point about that. Um, I'm still losing my hair over that. But still, um, what about Super Finals? Super Final Race 1 and Race Uh, 2? Sure.
3: yeah, no. What do you think, JT? We talked about this on a various shows, and even Ralph Shaheen himself has weighed in on Twitter and said that I was right. You cannot call these main events, these Triple Crowns, but for the for stat keeping purposes in the record book, I want to know, you know, that who has won these things, uh, and never mind the main event. I want to just it'd be nice to know for stats. You can't call them races. People are like, call them races. You can't call them races because a a Indianapolis Supercross this weekend is a race. So you can't call them races. Uh Ralph said maybe features. Somebody said trophy dashes, and that's terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm um, out on that. I'm out on that. But what do you think, JT?
5: Um, I like motos. I just take all the politics out of it. I think motos is the answer. I just don't know how we get there. Probably never. Not going to happen.
3: Yeah, I can't see it, man. I just I can't but, see that.
5: I mean, that's the answer, though. Are right you there.
3: with me? Are you with me though, JT? That you can't see that happening?
5: Uh, yeah, I think there's you're you're crossing. Yeah, you're crossing organizations too much. I just don't think that's going to happen. But I think that's
7: the obvious answer,
5: you know. But,
7: But why wouldn't they use the outdoors almost as free advertisement for their riders? You know, like, instead of being against the outdoors so much, why don't they use that to help promote their riders and promote their series? You, wow. you see what I'm trying to say?
3: To be fair, the attitude has changed. They've made some changes in upper management at Feld. And uh, on the website, they will post outdoor results. And Ralph awesome. Ralph has said something about you, you'll see them in the outdoors. You know, like, so the attitude's changing a little bit with Feld guys, but they're still not calling them motos, you know?
4: Um, yeah, that's It's crazy.
3: So, uh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank Thank you. you. I just just want to see stats, JT, where we see who won these things, you know. Um, That's all. I think it's a good idea. Yeah.
5: No, I I can understand that. I kind of don't care too much because in the end it really doesn't matter. Um, Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I kind of don't think it does. Yeah, it does.
3: It would be great to see, like, two years from now that Justin Brayden is the leader in stages, stage winners at these Triple Crowns.
5: What does that accomplish?
3: Uh, it just tells us, gives us another uh, stat.
5: <laughs> I, just don't, I just don't think in the end it really means a whole lot. No, because it's it's does. Paying, it does. It's not a point yeah, paying still, finish.
3: still means something. I still want to know heat race wins. We don't, we don't keep track of those. Like Chad Reed's heat race wins was, were, or James Stewart's heat race wins were, what was that stat, JT? We had it. It was phenomenal. It was great to know that. he won 90% of his heat races or something, James Stewart had. It was stupid.
5: Yeah, whatever. I, I, I mean, calm heats. Then I, I just don't think it's that big of a deal, personally. I, I don't. I, I think the if it doesn't count as an actual win anywhere, like it's not an actual win, I, I don't think it's a huge
3: that's, deal. That's that's crazy talk. With all with being with all due respect, that's crazy talk. Ah, uh, all right. Darkside, what's up?
7: What's up, guys? JT, how are you today?
3: What's happening, Jamie?
7: Uh just hanging in there, working, trying to get out of here, trying to go to Freestone. Right on. So couple quick questions. Um, Who do you think benefits most for the showdown, East or West? West has been on a break. East has been in the swing of things. Who do you think benefits the most?
5: Um, Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. Um, I think it it really depends on which guy. I don't think either one of them, just like, oh, yeah, East will definitely have the advantage because – well, like we were saying, you know, some of these guys are have had big crashes and sore and beat up, but, you know, for a guy like Osborne or Forkner, they're going to definitely come in with some momentum. Um, but I think some of the West guys benefited from having some time off because they could kind of regroup and work on things they, you know, maybe needed to, to get straightened out. So, in the end, having taken breaks and had time off, uh, I don't think it really matters too much. Um, the only thing that I think could possibly matter – would be that the East Coast guys would have better settings for a soft race like Indy, where the West Coast guys haven't ridden a ton of soft races, so they may struggle early to get their bikes dialed in, where the East Coast guys, it's just going to be another round.
3: Darkside, do you agree that JT's crazy? We want to to keep track of these stats, of who wins these stages? Yeah, I would like to keep track of
7: them. Um, Personally, I think Motos is the best way to go, probably unlikely, but... Yeah, yeah I, w- I like keeping track of that stuff, and yeah. Oh, there definitely.
3: you go, there you go, J.T. Dark side is way. Don't deep.
7: suck up, Jamie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, man. Hey, quick. Oh. Hey, real quick. Um, so I'm kind of watching that documentary on the hip. Yeah. If I was gonna pick one album to check out first and keep in mind, I'm like you, I like live albums the best. What would I download first?
3: Uh, get get uh, World Container.
7: World Container. Okay. Yeah. All, right. All right.
3: Thanks, man. See ya. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Kevin. Kevin, you want to talk about Savachi and Osborne?
7: Yeah, I was just trying to see uh, if you guys think that there will be kind of drama between them. Leading from Vegas last year, maybe Savachi helps out Faulkner trying to get the points sleep back.
3: JT, what do you think?
5: Um, yeah, I don't know if there will be like a specific like, game plan. Like, you know, you take him out, I'm going to get the points and everybody <laughs> ready break. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I don't know if it will be like that. But I do definitely believe that if anybody in green has a has their chance to take a shot at Zach, I think they're taking it. So, however that shakes out, whichever rider it is, whichever position they're in, uh, I do think you're going to see some some questionable moves and some aggressive riding between white bikes and green bikes. Okay.
3: All right. Thanks, man. All Appreciate right. it. Thanks. Jeff. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Travis. Travis, you want to talk about Eli Tomac? What's going on?
6: Hey, Steve. Um, I was listening earlier, and you. We're talking to a caller about how Eli, you know, spends a lot of his time in Colorado. Yep. Um And he kind of goes there like a bear into the woods for hibernation. And I believe he was even on one of the shows talking about, he meant like, his social media being turned off. Yeah. And um, I know he's the kind of guy that, you know, he doesn't like to open the window to shine light onto how he trains. And, um, you know, you don't right. yep. you like Racer X coming there and shadowing him and stuff. Um, yep. When's when's the last time that somebody of his caliber, like in the sport, has kinda had that mentality where you know, they kinda close the doors and they don't let people see, you know, well, what's going on.
3: I mean I would say that Carmichael and Stu had that going on. You know, there right. wasn't a lot going on with the goat farm. He was down there just burning tanks of gas over and over. Um right. and going back and forth from there. And I think he and, and Eli and James and Chad they did all they can do to minimize the time away from their compounds uh j t what, what do you think
5: yeah, you know it's interesting. I think a long time ago Chad was uh, guilty of this because man there you know I was so involved in what he was doing like I was every time he rode, I was there, most of the training he did, I was there, but then there were still things like he was doing, like training on and off the bike um and he was in all kinds of you know. I don't know if it was Eastern medicine. He was doing a lot of different things, like you know, experimental things that he believed in. That I don't, I didn't really fully understand. That he was really secretive about and i don't think it was anything that you know was like illegal as far as you know our rules or anything it was just stuff he didn't necessarily want me to know and he there were definitely aspects of his training program he wouldn't tell me about and you know some of it was just straight up training too like i would come out to the track and he'd be like yeah i went running last night i be like why didn't you call me he's like meh got to keep one up on you. I was like, whatever. Like so I think all these guys have stuff in their back pockets because it's so competitive and Chad wasn't competitive with me. He was lapping me, but there's still always that little bit that everybody wants to do a little bit more than the next guy or they want to be a little bit more prepared. And I would bet you if you went into you know, Alden's program with Marvin and Zach, I bet they're all doing a little something that they're not telling the other guy. Like, you know, at night they're doing some sit-ups that they're not telling the other guy. It's that's just the spirit of these guys. And they always want to be, they want to be better than the next guy. That's what has driven them to be so good so far. Um, But as far as secretive stuff, like you're talking about, there's always stuff going on behind the scenes that they're not telling someone. So, um, you know, with Ricky and those guys, he was an open book before Alden came along. Uh, you could go there and ride as much as you wanted to with him. You just would you would end up dropping after two days, and you couldn't get off the floor anymore. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, he definitely Alden's definitely changed the game as far as a lot of this stuff
6: goes.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it is interesting for sure. Uh, how the different different tactics these guys take. Um, so thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it, Travis. Yep. Take care. Uh, it is it's interesting. I don't know if it's good or bad. Like. You know, a caller said, "Hey, Eli likes the soft dirt. It's obvious he's not that great on the hard stuff." And and I, and I see that he prefers the soft stuff for sure. You know, and we saw Anaheim one crash, but on hard pack, you know, there isn't a lot of hard pack where he trains in Cortez, from what I understand. And you know, so Anaheim one mistake happened, but then he he dominates Hangtown, which is sort of harder California stuff. A couple of years ago, I don't know. I, the, I guess the caller's point, JT, was that these guys should get out more. Not Travis's, but the other guy's point was these guys should maybe tra- practice on other stuff. But, man, they like it. That's where they like it. It's home for them, you know?
5: Yeah, and, and I don't know about that. I mean, Eli, to me, I think he rides hard pack really well. Look at Vegas last year. He could have killed those guys if he wanted to. If he wanted to win by 15 seconds in Vegas last year, he could have. So, for me to think that he's not good on a on a hard surface is laughable. Um Maybe he's not as comfortable. Maybe he yeah. doesn't like it as much. But to think he's not good at
3: it—yeah, I'm not with I guess, I guess, uh, relatively to, to softer, he's great at both because he's an amazing rider. But as good on the hard as he is on the soft, uh, I might debate you a little bit on that. But you, he's still amazing on hard for sure. Yeah,
5: and, and I yeah. don't think that I don't think if he just started practicing on hard pack, he would get as good. Yeah. I mean, these are these are habits and comfort levels that have been ingrained in him since he was a kid. Right. You're not going to just flip that because you started practicing on hard pack. So um, whether he, you know, they test on it more to get better settings, that could all help. But as far as what his, you know, what his comfort levels are, as far as a, as a rider overall, I don't think, I think we're way too far to change that.
3: All right. Let's get to one last call for JT here. Uh, Ryan, what's going on? How are you?
7: Hey, hey Steve. Uh Sorry to hear you're not feeling so well. Uh, well I'll hang in there. Couple Thank hot you. a takes here for you, Okay. Though. Spit them. Um, first off, I think that uh, we absolutely have to keep track of these uh, moto wins or whatever we're going to call them. Thank you. Thank you. JT is five wrong. Five years from now. JT is wrong five again. Years from now, yep. We're not going to know. Yep. Uh, we don't know if they're all going to be triple crown formats or not, and we need to know if we're going to be breaking records, like a, yep. 128 starts or all this or whatever these are. I
5: got news for you. We're all going to be dead, so we're definitely not going to well, care. <laughs> well, okay. But for the sake no. of the sport we gotta keep track of that.
3: Yep, stuff. JT's wrong again. I got it. Perfectly. Fine. We it's can fine.
5: keep track of it. I just don't care what they're called. That was my main point.
7: Okay. <laughs> and then uh somebody asked a question earlier about uh who has the better advantage, East Coast or West Coast. And I think the more important thing is here is that uh the guys like Justin Hill and Jordan Smith have a huge opportunity to make up points and get back in this thing. Not that Jordan Smith's that far out, but someone like Justin Hill who is riding really good prior to the break. And I know he can, he's got the toe injury or whatever, but if he can overcome that and book a win here, uh, he could be right back in this thing if, you know, yeah. the other guy's finished, you know, fifth, sixth place or something. Oh, it's
3: great. It's And we could see a wild swing. And the best part, JT, is if we do see a wild swing, these a lot of these jerk-off team managers will start complaining about the format. You know what I mean? Like
5: Yeah, and 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 I'll basically tell them to pipe down. <laughs> Not really, but, no, but I would, I'm I would with be you. thinking that. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, look at look at how much drama we had at Vegas with the shootout and all those good guys in there. Yep. Um I think it adds to the drama of it, you know, and for a lot of these guys, especially with the East Coast guys, there's so many guys hurt, you know, Dablos is even out now. So the the field is really thinned out. So to make up big points is really tough. We saw Jordan Smith, you know, come from way back and and still get third. Um, So I think a round like this and a round like Vegas really give you the opportunity to capitalize on a great ride. So in a situation where there's not many opportunities anymore, you really have to step up here and
7: and, and then May 5th. Uh, Ryan, um, anything else? Yeah, question about the start. So uh, I I don't understand what causes the – I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of things that cause a first-turn uh, wreck or crash. But uh, I don't understand, other than a right-hand turn, which riders can't get their foot on the brake pedal as easy, what else is causing these uh, these first-turn crashes? Is it? I noticed the track map this week uh, has kind of like a dog leg at the end of a long straight. Is, is that something we're going to see a lot of wrecks on, or is that something that's going to be helpful in slowing the speeds before they get into the 180? I, I just don't understand. What do you think, JT, about these starts? Well,
5: I mean, first-turn crashes are nothing new, right? Um, But, yeah, always going to the left is going to help because guys can actually use their, you know, turning leg to break in and kind of steer them with the inside. Um, But, yeah, you know, the Dallas one, if guys on the inside don't slow down, bad things are going to happen. So, you know, I wrote that the inside guys – um, are uh, you know they always bear extra responsibility. So if they don't slow down, man, you're gonna have a first turn crash every single time.
3: Yeah, it's uh, but we saw no turn, no crashes uh, in in well, relatively few crashes I can think of this past weekend with that nice gradual sort of left hand turn um, in St. Louis. So, um, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, JT. Like, I don't think there's. Just like, you know, we talk about what obstacle off the start could prevent crashes, and I, and I don't think there is any. I don't think there's a, a stamp it first turn layout that will stop crashes. I just don't think there's anything. Yeah.
5: No. So. No, you take a you take 22 dirt bikes hauling ass into a turn and yeah. something's going to happen.
3: Uh, Ryan, you got a bike? Yeah. You want a set of uh, fly yeah. racing gator pegs, bro?
7: Will they sit on my KTM 350? Yeah. For sh- yeah. For
3: sure they will. All right, thanks for your hot takes. Thanks to Fly Racing. Uh, we'll put you on hold. Tits will get your info, all right?
7: Appreciate it. Thanks. Do you feel uh, better. All
3: right, thank you, man. See, hey, you, people are concerned about my health, JT. People are concerned. Yeah.
7: Um, <laughs> all
3: right, JT. Hey, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Before Sorry. we let you go, give me your winners yep. this weekend.
5: Um, I picked, uh, I went back and forth. I ended up picking Aaron Plessinger to win because I think it's going to be Ruddy. We have that snowstorm and it's it's early. You know, it's an early March race for Indy. Um, so I want Aaron Plessner to win, and I'll go Eli. There's no way I'm picking against Eli. <laughs> yeah.
3: So you figure you think Eli's got quote unquote rid of these issues he's got going on? Like,
5: well, if yeah. he doesn't crash. He's gonna yeah, win. Right. I think we've we've learned that. Yeah. So. True.
3: Okay. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. I right, guys. See you. Uh, FlyRacing.com, please check them out on the web. Uh, they make much more than just gear. They have two helmets as well. And fantastic company, great guys down there. And Max's Tires, the MXST tire is coming out soon, developed by Jeremy McGrath. To learn more about Max's Tires, whether it's dirt bikes, cars, light truck, trailer, ATV, mountain bike, uh, visit max's.com and Get as well. Destroy the start. Get the whole shot with Get. Get, Get. Barsha, Web, use Get. Um, technology that made Get riders world champions is finally available on the market. Uh, great uh, company. They're doing killer business with their two-stroke CDIs that are brand new. Uh, hour meters as well. Lots of things going on to Get. And, of course... ProTaper, ProTaper.com, Rockstar Husky, Geico, Honda, JGR, all using ProTaper, uh, ProTaper.com. The new launched the new line called the Sport, ProTaper Sport line. Please check them out, and uh, you'll be really surprised on ProTaper.com on what they have. Uh, Paul Parabinos joins us next. I'm right, huh, Paul? Like the website for ProTaper is insane. The amount of products you guys have.
2: I mean, yeah, that's cool. For that's cool of you to say that. So um, yeah, I think um, it's definitely something that I've tried uh, a little bit. To make known through our marketing is that we're not we're not just a handle handlebar company by by no means, so we have yeah. so many coming so in products products now and we're constantly expanding and there's more stuff on the horizon so so yeah we uh we make a bunch of good quality um parts for your dirt bike yeah
3: fantastic uh good to hear so let's talk two fifties there isn't much going on in four fifties Paul. I talk two fifties with j t almost exclusively, so can we just keep talking two fifties? I mean, really?
2: I would, lo- I would love to talk about 250s. I mean, how can we not with a shootout coming right. in the middle of the year? I mean, this is awesome. This is a throwback to the, the 90s when we had multiple shootouts. And um, I am super excited to watch. And I I know just from talking to some of my friends that race in the 450 class, they're excited to watch too. But they're also at the same time very, very happy they don't have to race because right. this thing could turn both titles on their hood.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, we got four points between yeah. AP and Savachi, eight points for – Osborne on Faulkner. Uh, Jordan Smith's not far behind. Of course, AC and McElweth aren't far behind in the West. We had a caller, I'll ask you the same question I asked JT. We had a caller say, is it possible we're going to get an all-250 West podium this weekend? And I, to that I say no. I don't think that f- that's the favorite because Osborne's so good, and Faulkner as well, but Osborne's steady and good. Um, and, and, but I think there's zero chance, Paul, we see an all-250 East podium.
2: Um, I I mean, the question is possible. Uh, I think it's possible that we have a West podium and I think it's possible we have an East podium. Anything can happen in racing. Who knows what the hell is going to happen with all these guys, you know, with heads full of steam. So I think anything is possible. Likely. Yeah, I'm I'm on. I'm with you. It's more likely that we have a West suite than than an East suite.
3: Um, Who do you like to win the thing? Like, um, what do you think?
2: Honestly, this thing is so wide open to me. I, I really don't know. Um, I think Osborne's a good choice, but I think his start can be a little bit suspect. And I just don't know if he gets the start, if he starts top three, he's my favorite. But if he doesn't, I think it's hard to go through this, this kind of crowd that we're going to have. So, um, I think Plessinger is somebody who's going to be very, very good on the soil. He always wins somehow when he's in the Indiana team. Uh-huh. Um, I think Cincerillo is, do for a win. He's got speed, but he always does something that prohibits himself from doing it. Um, but <laughs> honestly, I, for some reason, I'm thinking Shane McElrath for some reason. Really? I don't, huh? I don't know why, but yeah. no one ever talks about him. No, nope, you're think right. Of, of the group, um, I think maybe his starts are the most consistent of the eight gnarly guys that are going to be there. Uh-huh. I think his starts are the most consistent, and he always shows up after a break or after having time at home to you know practice. He shows up ready to go, and he like, and he. And he gets it done. So, who knows? I mean, we're probably all going to be wrong, but yeah. if you're asking me to pick somebody, I'll say, I'll say, Macarena, just to be different.
3: Fastest guy is AC, like just raw speed.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he can put in a lap no problem for, obviously, his, his speed's outright raw for sure, but his starts have been a bit inconsistent, too, and he's had some falls. So, um, but he did win the last time we had a shootout. So, yep. Um, this is the, you know, this is the. I I'm sure every if I was racing this class or if I had a I was a mechanic who had a guy racing this class, man we would be worried about starts all week because this is the weekend you need to get two starts. Yeah. You need to whole shot your heat race and you need to whole shot the main event and there's like I said, there's eight guys that could win the race I think, but you have to get a start here more than more than you needed to get a start all year long.
3: Who's a guy that we haven't mentioned that isn't one of the title guys that could be end up on the podium or win the damn thing? Is there somebody we're not talking about, somebody we're missing?
2: Um, I mean, he's not a title guy. He's already won a race, and that's Justin Hill. Um, I, I know he'll be there. I don't think the toe injury was a big deal. I don't think he'll get the start to do it, though. But uh, one guy that I think can do it is Chase Sexton. Uh, Indy is a track that breaks down. Chase is really, really good um, in those types of conditions. If he can start up front, and he's a guy that's kind of riding with no pressure, he doesn't really have to worry about throwing out any title chances or something, but he could make make some really big you know, games in, in his championships. So mm-hmm. an outlier guy that we're not talking about, I guess I'll pick Chase because I think um, I think he's going to impress some people.
3: Be interesting to see uh, Blake Wharton's making his return back to racing this weekend with the IB Corp team. Where do you see Wharton at? Uh, it's JT was, you know, we had him. JT was like, wow, I, I really don't know. It could be anywhere. Um, it, certainly he had a lot of skills when he was a full-time racer. He was a very good supercross rider. Um, wh- what do you think we're seeing from Blake Wharton?
2: That's hard. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with JT for sure. Uh, it, it can, he could, he could show up and go right into the main event. I I think, I don't think that's outside the realm because he's uh-huh. a pass. He's a multi-time race winner. He's an elite talent. I mean, I, I would imagine in his head, he feels that, you know, he's going there and he's going to make the main event type thing. Um, but you've, he's been absent for a while and a lot of things change. Um, A lot of things change, and he's gonna. The good thing for him is, I think he's pretty mentally strong, and he's a good starter. But um, I could easily say he's not going to make the main event. Also, yeah, it's it's. I'm so out to lunch on it. I just don't know. I haven't seen him ride, you know. So um, I think we'll get a better indication uh, after practice to see if he has the speed. That would be the first thing. Um, But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I'm with JT. Who knows? I don't know.
3: (laughs) Tits. What do you think, Tits? Blake Wharton. What's your what's your prediction? He's making his return. DNF. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. He's like coming in hot and or he's DNQ looking good just and then he DNF. crashes. Someone's going to bike. Yeah. DNQ, D, or he makes the main, but DNF. DNF. Wow. Yeah. It's coming with a hot take, Parabinos.
0: Yeah. I hope that's that not the hot. case because you never want anything yeah. like that. Right, right. But uh, I think he's going to come in hot. All right. Uh 586 pulp, 702 586
3: 7857. Got a question about uh, Indy Supercross or Supercross in general or even ProTaper products? Uh, ProTaper.com, Paul Parabinos on the show. Let's get to Nate. What's up, Nate? You want to talk about the track layout?
6: Hey, Steve. Just uh, want to say thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, I was, I was watching some old races uh, and I was watching the track Pastrana built. Looking at some of the berms and stuff on that one. And he has really cool. Uh, yeah like inside outside lines were, I don't want to say they're better than both turns but they look really racy uh,
2: do you
3: remember that Paul the St. Louis track that Pastrana design?
6: I do
2: yeah. I, I do remember it for some reason I remember J-law was good that night or something or I don't know why but I remember the track yeah, uh,
7: yeah so, I was what, just wondering oh, so, go, 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 go ahead
3: go, no go ahead Nate so what, what, what's, uh, what are you talking about
6: well those turns that he had in that race how come they don't do that I mean it makes a great racing that night they had two lines and they were just leaning high
3: speed turns. I don't yeah, it uh, looks great. What do you think, Paul? Bring those things back. That's a lot of dirt, I would guess.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of dirt shouldn't be an excuse. But um, I mean, I thought they were cool. Yeah, I'm all for changing things up and making it different. Um, so that was cool. Um, who the hell would you suggest that to? I don't know. Um to get to make it happen. But uh yeah, I, I don't disagree with the colors idea. I mean that, that was a cool race. It was a different time, There was different bikes, different riders back then. Maybe it yeah. wouldn't lend the same type of racing, but it's yeah. a hell of an idea. Yeah, why not try it?
3: Cool, Nate. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh I don't know, man. Uh, I get some flack for criticizing the tracks. I never get any, hey, Mathis, thanks for telling us good job on the tracks, which like Glendale and other tracks that I've written about. But I get a lot of flack for the tracks, uh, for criticizing the tracks. And, I'm, and I always tell these guys, I'm getting it from teams and riders. I'm not sitting here. I don't race. What do I care? I, I'm getting it from teams yeah. and riders that are saying, like, this, this thing blows.
2: So. Yeah, to 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 who to that I say, who cares? I mean, you're never going to make everyone happy, and that's that's society. Uh, that's just the way it is.
3: <laughs> Dan, what's up? You want to talk about a playoff system for 450s?
6: Yeah, you know, on Daniel Blair's podcast, he had laid out a complete playoff system. I know when he was on, you guys didn't talk about it, but I don't know if he's talked to you. You know, his whole thing would be... First 12 races, um, I believe seven of them would be regular style. Five of those would be um, triple crowns. Um, and then the 250s, they wouldn't do a playoff at all, but wherever there was triple crowns, they'd do triple crown style. And whether it was regular, they'd do regular. He'd have it as top seven 450 guys would go into this playoff. Um and then they would stagger the points and I can't remember exactly how he said like so Anderson yeah. would have have like 25 points yeah, it's and a, I think it's it dropped
3: cha- by like five it's a, it's a chase it's, format for NASCAR basically you you get rewarded yeah. for your wins um Yeah yeah What do you think now, Paul? What do you, you you like that Paul? Uh like a chase no, format? No.
2: No, I don't. I'm out on that. I think it's I think it's way too far of a departure from the history of what we've done and I think it doesn't it, it I think it's going to be one – harder for the fans to follow. They already struggle to follow what the Triple Crown is. Like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of educated fans that have no problem. But I just – I don't – I'm not for it. I think there needs to be some – there needs to be some re- rewardment for for being there every single week. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying it has to be I'm, – I'm all for change. So I I, I love the change that we did this year, and I think format changes are cool. But I don't like the arena cross playoff thing. I mean, the first few races just – People aren't, you know, they're just—they don't seem like they count for anything, and, and I don't like that. So uh, I'm out on a chase. <laughs> yeah, right. Well,
6: you know, it, it, yeah, you know, just a 450. You know, unfortunately, this is one of those years where we just don't have any excitement there. You know, I mean, you know, last weekend Eli um, running away with it. And yeah, there was nothing there, but you know, you're just looking for something, a storyline to grab dude, a hold of. Dude, to, you know, yeah, dude, we play had
3: fantasy. One. Yeah, we, we play, play, play fantasy. Oh, no, I,
6: yeah. Oh yeah, I like way, I'm, I'm all, yeah, I do. I do fantasy. And I'm always bummed on, the, bummed on the triple crowns because I like watching the last chance qualifiers because I'm always l- looking at my last guys to get, yeah. get in. That. That's yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, mean, I love fantasy. Dan,
3: actually. I'll give you that St. Louis was a snoozer. I'll give you that. Yeah. But Daytona, oh, yeah. was, Daytona was amazing. Yeah. Triple Crown format yeah. was amazing. You're gonna, true. You know, yeah, not, yeah, you're right. But, yeah. yeah. Th- thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it. Not every weekend's gonna be just you know balls amazing. You know, so Yeah, last
2: weekend was boring for sure, but but um I mean we've had a lot of good races this year. You mentioned a couple and Oakland was a barn burner as well, so
3: Uh, Steven, what's up? You wanna talk about Justin Hill? What's going on?
2: Yeah, yeah. I was
6: in uh I believe it was either Tampa or Atlanta. I was in both of those and he was absolutely just killing it. And now he's back down to the two fifty. What's the latest on his health and uh, I mean, where are you guys see him i don 't know if you already talked about this or not no, I just tuned
3: in. a little bit broken toe or toes uh, from from uh, a crash in Atlanta um, he certainly he ripped off a win, uh, sort of salvaged his season last time we saw him in San Diego. What do you think Paul Justin Hill this weekend
2: um, yeah, I mean, obviously he's for sure going to be there. He's okay. I talked to Budman this week when I was at Freestone for the amateur race, but, um, he, uh, it, it's so hard to, to say with Hill. Like, he could be super motivated and want to come in and see it as like, oh man, I can, I need to win this race and hopefully I get a bunch of guys in between me and points. Or he could just see it as, man, I just, I don't want to ride this stupid 250. I don't want to go back and ride a 450. And he could not be, do anything. He's so hard to read. Um the best thing I could tell you on how you'll know how he's gonna do is if the track is extremely difficult and he qualifies well. Um if he doesn't qualify good, I don't see him getting in the top ten. All
3: right. There you go, yeah. man. Yeah.
2: Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks for Thanks, the call.
3: Guys. Appreciate it. Next up is uh Mark. Mark, you have a solution to the triple crown name.
7: Yes. Uh outdoor motocross, they call them motos. huh. So in indoor supercross they should call them supers.
3: I think that's terrible. I don't know,
2: <laughs> Paul. What do you think? I don't like it. Like are motos, aren't they motos? Why? I didn't know. There's this was a, a debate. They're they can't, motos. You take motos. You average your score. And yeah, the but score the, the Supercross folks, the
3: Supercross folks are not going to use the term motos. They don't like. You know, it's it's a motocross thing because it's, it's a motocross thing. Okay.
7: You know, and it's race one, race two, race three.
3: You can't do that either because uh, an Indianapolis Supercross this weekend is a race. You know, it's a technically it's a race. So.
2: Oh, and then if you win a rate, you know. Yeah, you well, can't motos. <laughs> you know, Paul, Paul
3: doesn't want to hear it. Uh, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Thank you.
7: Paul, Paul do you guys make an O-ring chain?
2: We do. We have a couple versions of an O-ring chain. We have a, an XRC O-ring chain, which is like a wider O-ring chain. And then we have our new Pro Series chain, which is a slim O-ring chain, so you don't have any of the clearance issues. Um, so we have two options for you. yeah. All right,
3: there All you right, go, cool. man. Thank you. Uh, next up, another question about pro taper products is, uh, Curtis, what's up, man? What's your question for Paul? Hey.
2: Yeah,
6: Paul, my question is, uh, I, I have some older Contour uh, Pro taper bars, and I use EMIC uh, lock-on grips, and
7: just wanted to see if you subscribe to uh, Kiefer's theory on uh, those
6: lock-on grips making it stiffer.
2: Um, I didn't hear about his theory about making him stiffer, but I, I'm very well versed in, in what those grips do, how they feel. Um, I've rode with them myself because we've since developed um, what we're calling a clamp-on grip, which is a grip to compete with um, the ODI lock-on grip. So um, there's some things that I think that grip doesn't do good, and that's what I we tried to engineer into ours to make ours do better. Um, uh, but personally, um, I would never, I, I, I don't, I don't ride with that type of grip. I don't want to. And and I don't see why anyone would race with it because at the end of the day, it's still a plastic throttle tube. And if if you dump it over in a corner, um, you know, you can not finish the race. I mean, that's the reason why, uh, Blake Baggett DNFed Dallas years ago. And it's the reason why Chad Reed had some issues at Phoenix, I believe this year or Arlington. So, um, but it's a great product for the average guy. Obviously it's also easy to install, no glue. And, uh, we have our version coming out in about two weeks, but, um, what makes ours a little bit different is, is we windowed the core so to cut down on some vibration and and have some more impact absorbing kind of a cushion in there. So uh, ours is different than theirs. Um, theirs is a great product for sure, but yeah, there's uh, there's now a new option out there. So Curtis, uh,
4: what's
2: uh, I, I invite you to check it out.
3: Curtis, what's Kiefer's theory? What do you mean stiffer?
2: Well,
6: he's talked about it in some of his uh, podcasts about that – the the. Uh, the, lock, the locking grips just make it stiffer. He talks about the vibration. And I understand the vibration yeah.
2: gets passed through more, but he talks about it making it feel stiffer. Huh.
3: So, I've never read so. no oh, I th- one.
2: I, yeah. I, I think what he's talking about is, is, yeah, because because the way the grip is designed, it's like a PVC sleeve with grip around it. The amount of grip material that you have, rubber material you have, is less than what you'll find on a standard grip. So it's yeah. going to be thinner. It's going to be harsher. Um, it's also going to be bigger to hold on to. So the circumference of a of a you know ODI lock-on grip is is quite bigger than a standard glue-on grip which you're used to, and then and through the work that we've done with our micro bar for kids handlebars we've learned that the bigger outer diameter leads to arm pump and hand fatigue as well. So um, that's another thing that we try to do different with ours is keep ours quite small. So I understand what Keeper's saying. Yeah, yeah. It, I would say. You know, lock-on grips do um, do add some resonance, you know, vibration to your handlebar, and you know, so. Yeah. But it's different strokes for different folks. It's whatever you want, you
3: know. Okay. All right. Cool, Curtis. Thanks for the call, man. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Um, No offense to your clamp-on grip, Paul, and no offense to the other bolt-on grips, but who in the hell wants to bolt-on grips? It takes it takes five minutes to glue it and wire it, and and, and life is and that's how it works, and it works fine, and we've been using it for a hundred years. What are these idiots doing? Don't, cl- don't put clamp on grips on your bike.
2: <laughs> hey man, I'm kind of like you. I was out, I was out, not into it for a long time too, but so many customers really? pay the premium premium price to, to not have to worry about gluing grips what, on and what, not have to worry about them spinning. And you, you and I are former mechanics. We don't Dude, understand that. We don't have say, a problem gluing a grip on. You say worry, a like, lot of people like
3: do worry, like, like what? <laughs> I mean, before it was yeah, I was fa- before I was a factory mechanic, I glued my grips on and wired them on. I it wasn't. This is not top-notch
0: NASA secret tits. Why are you nodding? What it's, do you mean? Tits is nodding.
1: It's tough for some people. It's tough for some people. I've got used to they, bolt-on grips
0: for my mountain bike, uh-huh. and they're super handy whenever you just need to pop them off and whatnot. And I actually was. I've still got just these janky, I don't want to say calm janky, just the cheap fly racing grips on my KTM right now, but I was looking pretty seriously at getting some. Uh, wire them on. Off. Wire them. Glue them on. Yeah, but then you can't take them off. You got to, and, and if you don't have it down, as far as the wiring goes, I've cut grips before because oh I went too God. tight in the whole deal. What there, kind there, of world are we living line. in? What kind of world are we living in? Simplicity,
3: my this friend. Is Simplicity. This is ridiculous. No offense same dude.
2: world that same world that you live in that you go to Starbucks and pay with your phone
3: <laughs> How hard is it to get the cash out of your wallet? What world are we living in? <laughs> I don't know bro I just <laughs> I mean you squirt a little bit of contact cleaner on, slide the grip on, glue it on, call it a day. You don't even need to use the glue you really don't you don't have to use glue even i I don't get it. What's going on in this world anyways. It's easy. Hey, if they're selling, they're selling. Whatever, you know. Try so, it. All right, Paul, before I let you go, a couple questions. Number one, Eli Tomek's 18 points back of Marv. Does he pass Marv before the end of the year?
2: Yeah, so what do we have? Six left? 18? Um, no, we're at yeah, f- five left. I'll say he gets Marv. Five left. No, I think we're going to be at six after this. Six, including this weekend, right? Uh, 12,
3: 13, 14, 15, 16. Yeah, six. You're right. I'm sorry. Six, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll say he gets he gets Marf, yeah.
3: All right. Uh, wait, more lock-on grip drama. Uh, David, what's up? What's going on?
2: Hey, what's up, guys?
6: Hey, about the clamp-on grips, um, I got to disagree with you, Steve. They, uh, I've been gluing them all for years, and these clamp-on grips are amazing. They're for the lazy guy who don't want to glue them on, and wire time, and the thing spins. They're, they're awesome. I actually, I've owned two MIG lock-on grips, and I'm actually looking at the uh, Paul's um, Pro yeah. lock on grips. Yeah, I, just, I, I was trying to figure out what the difference was, what what the difference was in them. But you explained it earlier about um, yeah, you you change them up a little bit than in the than in the grip. I'm, and I'm going to try them, but
7: uh, they're awesome, dude. You should try them one day.
6: Oh
3: well, Paul just gonna... finished telling you that the the the, the clamp on ones are, are bigger and they, and they affect you with arm pump more. That's something that I do not need when I ride a motorcycle. I do not need more arm pump.
6: I mean, you could do two laps
2: without arm pump. You're good.
3: I don't know, bro. No.
6: Just, just that's
2: a lot. Glue them that's on. A lot. It's,
6: glue. A lot. it's a glue. lot. It's a lot. Hey, guys. Glue. Hey, no glue. Clamp.
2: All right. Whatever, bro. Beat
3: it. <laughs> glue it on, people. Don't glue be lazy. Just it wor- And by the way, also, too, like you said, Paul, I would never, 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 never race professionally with these. No way.
2: Yeah, I... I will, I'm not asking any of our teams to race professionally with these, just because at the end of the day, it's still plastic throttle tubes, So, yeah. Um, but we have a yeah. all our clamp-on grips are on our website. We have a video on there. I invite you to go watch it, Steve. It helps explain more about what uh, what ours is and how it's different from the competition. Listen, so check it out. Listen,
3: Paul. I'm sure you guys did a great job. ProTaper is a great company, but you're not running them, and neither am I. That's all. That's no, that's it. I'm
2: not. I like to glue on my grips.
3: Thank you. That's it. All right. Give me your winners this weekend.
2: Eli Tomac in 450. Um, I think he always wins here. This is the soil he thrives on, and, and man, he crushed people last weekend. So I'll say him. And then it, it's, it could be so many different guys on the other coast, but I guess I said McElrath earlier, so I'll yep. say him. All so, right. I'll say McElrath.
3: Fantastic. I'll go Osborne and Tomac. That's <laughs> what I think.
2: Uh, yeah, well, you're really going out on a limb.
3: Oh, there. I know, I know. Uh, thanks for your time, Paul. Appreciate it. ProTaper.com. Uh, please check him out. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care. Right, see you. Uh, Fly Race at Moto60 show presented by Get, Pro Taper and Maxis. Thanks to you people for calling in. Lots of phone calls today. Lots of interest in the sport. Got to love that. Lots to talk about when it comes to these shootouts, East-West shootouts. That's that's the wrong one, Tits. What is going on with you?
0: I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm sorry.
3: God. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Greatly appreciate it. We're not back next week. It's weekend off, so we will not be here. See you in a couple weeks before Seattle. Thanks for listening. Fly Racing, Moto60 Show.